Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Itty Walk podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Good morning. One of the cancellation victims of COVID was the caravan campout. That's a bummer. Always a great event. Looking forward to it next year. I did talk to Ray Dean. We're going to plan some kind of social distancing, safe caravan closing ceremony. That way, the kids have something to look forward to. They can be recognized for the badges they earned this year. So we will do that and uh, look forward to the camp out next year. When I was growing up, I was in Caravan, the kids' scouting program that uh, the Church of the Nazarene offers. And we used to do campouts too. And we didn't use tents. We would rent a, a couple cabins at a park called Chestnut Ridge. And, you know, the girls would have one cabin. The boys would have another. And, and we'd often do a hike, like we do a caravan hike every summer. And at Chestnut Ridge, there are two old ski slopes that are shut down. And they've removed all the, 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 the things that take you up and down the hill. And it's just a big hill. But then there's trails around the hill. And there was one ski slope we trailed around, got to the top, and up at the top there was a rock. And we thought, okay, we're going to climb the rock. So we went on top of the rock. And as we went on top of the rock, I went right to the edge and panicked. <laughs> Just got this uneasy feeling in my stomach at the top of the mountain, on top of the rock, looking down, and I froze. And, well, froze except all the shaking part. And the caravan director, who's my Aunt Becky, she came after one of the kids said, Nathaniel's crying again. She came. I'm laughing. That's why I'm starting to cry now. <laughs> uh, she came and she rescued me from certain death. <laughs> Can you imagine falling off a cliff and rolling down a ski slope? She saved me from. And oftentimes when we think of salvation, that's what we think. I was saved from. And that's what the Lord does. We'll really get into that. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul tells us what we're saved for. So if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5, and I tried to narrow it down, but this chapter is so good, we're going to have to read the whole thing. 
I'm grabbing a tissue not because of COVID, but because I cry when I laugh. Second Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven. Not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Now that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? That he says we're naked. But what he's talking about is the shamefulness of our human bodies. Meanwhile, we long to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Because we know that when we are clothed, we Naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up in life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. He's not saying that the Lord isn't with us. He's saying that when we're in heaven, we will be with the Lord. Like in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 where he says, Now we kind of see, and it's not like through a glass. It's not the real thing. But when we get there, we'll see face to face. Verse 9, So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due Him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade people. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen, rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of Christ. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Right there is the key verse. It's so good it has to be repeated. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So, from now on, we no, we no longer regard people from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. 
All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. And Father, I do thank You for Your Word this morning. And I thank You for all the purpose You have for us in these words from Paul. I thank You that You just didn't save us from the life we were living that leads to death, but You saved us for life in You. And thank You for the time we had to talk about what that means this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that You would bless what's been prepared and bless me as I speak so we can hear directly from You. And Lord, I thank You for how when we hear from You and listen to You and obey You, You do the work in us and change us to make us more like our Savior. So Lord, I pray You bless the rest of this message. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Christ, there's a lot we're saved from. We're saved from our rebellious ways, our selfishness, our bad ideas, our mistakes, our missteps. We're saved from the punishment that we deserved. When Jesus went to the cross, He took our sin and the separation from God that comes with that sin, and He died the death that we deserved. He did that so that through faith we would be saved. He saved us from all that other junk so that we could be saved for life with Him. And in the scripture we read this morning, Paul identifies three things we're saved from. Pardon me, I misspoke. Three things we're saved for. Three things we're saved for. First, we're saved for life with Him, eternal life with Him. It's right there in verses 1 through 5. Uh, now we know that if the earthly tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan, and we're burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up in life. Just a reminder that when Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians, he didn't say, okay, chapter 1, okay, chapter 2. 
he didn't write it like that. We, we, we put it like that just so nowadays that's how we understand it. In the chapter 5 here, that number is kind of arbitrary because he's just carrying on thoughts that he had in chapter 4. As a matter of fact, if you go, go back to the beginning of Corinthians, he goes back and forth from, from what we have to look forward to in heaven and all the junk we deal with on earth. And, and how do we get through all this garbage on earth? We look forward to what we have in store for us in heaven. And that's the, Paul that, that's the point Paul is trying to make here. I mean, listen to, to verse 1 of chapter 4. He says, since we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Then you skip down to, to verse 16 to 18. You see those same words again. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart. Why, why might we lose heart? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Man, I tell you. Things change when you get older, don't they? Something happened this last year. I tried to run and play with the girls, and then I hurt. Because <laughs> outwardly, we are wasting away. And that's what Paul's talking about here. He says, we do not lose heart. Second time he said, we don't lose heart. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. But you know what? It's hard not to see what we see when we look around the world and see what we see. You see? <laughs> and sometimes when we see what we see, it's hard not to lose heart. We look around the world and, and, and what's around us, and, and there certainly isn't a lack of things to make us lose heart. And not, on, not only the stuff that goes on out there that is whacked, but then when we walk in the faith, we have enemies, don't we? Shoot, you don't have to even walk in the faith to have enemies. <laughs> I mean, that's what Paul's dealing with. We'll see later on in the Scripture here. But what keeps Paul from losing heart? He talked about it in 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18. And he goes on to talk about it in the beginning of chapter 5. What keeps him from losing heart? What he has to look forward to. It's easy to get distracted on seeing everything that's around us, but Paul reminds us, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the finish line. This life is just a blip in eternity. And it's something that the great men of faith did. You go all the way back to Abraham. Abraham knew something about tents. If you've ever been camping, you know sometimes it can be a bear to get the tent up. But it's not, not hard to take it down, is it? Tents can easily be dismantled. 
I mean, Abraham had to do it all the time because he moved from Ur to the Promised Land. Uh, he went everywhere, right? So did Isaac and Jacob. And the writer of Hebrews makes a point. Hebrews chapter 11. When he's talking about the faith hall of fame, what kept Abraham keeping the faith? Well, let's read it. Hebrews chapter 11. You can probably guess, but I want to read it. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. By faith, when called to go to a place that he would later receive as an inheritance, Abraham obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him in the same promise. Why did he do all that? Verse 10. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Abraham, the man of faith, knew to look forward to eternity. How did Paul keep from losing heart? He looked forward to all that God had in store to him. How do we keep the faith? We keep looking forward to all He has in store with us. Well, shoot, it's Flag Day, and I'm at the show video. I'm, I'm proud to be an American. And all the junk that's going on today really kind of makes me angry. Because we have a lot to be, lot to be proud of. And, I, I, okay, you didn't get to see a video, and I got time. Shoot, I got 25, 30, maybe 40 minutes. And so I did a little homework on for, 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 for Flag Day. And this is a very American story. You know, the flag that's on our pole right now has 50 stars on it. Well, back in the late 1950s, I believe it was, they were talking about admitting Alaska. And uh, so there was some high school student, 17 years old, out in Ohio. And he, he borrowed his mom's sewing machine, and, and he took the 48-star flag, and he added, he added two more. He had a feeling that Hawaii would be the 50th state. So what he did is he just rearranged the stars, and he put 50 on the flag, and then he showed it to his history teacher. And he said, yep, there's 50 on there, because you just watch. Alaska and then Hawaii will have 50. Well, sure enough... Alaska, Hawaii, 50 stars on the flag. The history teacher took this 17-year-old boy's flag, showed it to his senator in Ohio. That senator showed it to President Eisenhower, who adopted our flag. Did you know how American is that? Our flag, the flies now, 17-year-old. You're not too young. I'm proud to be American. But our citizenship is not here. Philippians 3.20, before I move to the next point. Philippians 3.20. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious bodies. He goes on to say, that's how we stand firm. 
What a great transition too. Thanks, Paul. Because what does he do? He transforms our lowly bodies into that which is like his glorious body. But while on earth, when we put our faith in him and trust him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, he transforms us to be like him while we're here on earth. It's called sanctification. That's what we're saved for. Saved for eternal glory with him and saved for living for him. For sanctification. Told you. Verses 14 and 15. The main verse there. Verse 15. But I appreciate how Paul says that Jesus has everything under his control in Philippians 3.20. And then we read about it again in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14. For Christ's love compels us. Now, if you're reading the New Revised Standard Version, it says, For Christ's love controls us. He has full control. Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And these two verses... Paul is talking about our being set apart from this world and being made like Him. What Paul is saying is that Jesus' death on the cross and our trust in that leads to our death to sin and self so that we may live in and with the resurrected Christ. He is our life. We no longer live for the things of this world. We live for Him. Paul puts it best in Romans chapter 6. Beginning with verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will live with Him also. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over Him. The death He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life He lives, He lives to God. So if we're going to follow Christ, whose life you think we'll live to? We'll live our life to God. Verse 11, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer your parts of the body as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer the parts of your body to Him, as instruments of righteousness. For sins shall no longer be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. All that leaves us with two questions. Two questions we can ask ourselves on a regular basis. Who controls me? And how do I live? Who controls me, and how do I live? That's basically the, the, the two questions, verses 14 and 15, require us to ask ourselves. Because that's what we're saved for. We're saved for living for Him.
So we're saved for eternal life with Him in glory. We're saved for living for Him on this earth. And we're saved for the ministry of reconciliation. That's right. We are saved for a mission. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. We know what we have experienced, and we want others to have that same thing. He goes on to put it like this in verses 18 to 21. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us, how about that, that opportunity we have to share the love that Christ has for us, that we experience, that saving grace, it's a gift for us to share that with others. He gave us the message of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf... Be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Paul was serious. He was serious about his mission, wasn't he? I mean, part of the reason he was wasting away is because of the persecution he took preaching Jesus. The persecution went as far as people saying he was off his rocker. Crazy Christian. We see that in verse 13. People were claiming Paul was out of his mind. And his testimony was kind of nuts. You mean you saw a light and then you heard a voice and then you changed your life? That's wacky. Doesn't seem to make sense. But it made all the difference in Paul's life, didn't it, when he encountered Christ? He had to tell others. You see, Paul used to be like everyone else when he was Saul. He used to think Jesus was just a man who died a shameful death. And guess what? There are a lot of people out there who think like Saul thought. People we can minister to with the ministry of reconciliation. All that stuff God has to save us from. That life that really doesn't bring joy. Oh, it might bring happiness for a time, but it wears off. And you know, people might think we're a little different. Like they thought Paul was crazy. Now, just a sidebar, there's a difference between crazy Christian and creepy Christian. If 
if you don't use a comforter on your bed because you have the Holy Spirit, you might be a creepy Christian. Now, people might think, boy, that's strange, that's weird. How come they don't do this like I like to do this? Or how come they don't talk like I talk? Uh, what, do you, what, what do you mean? They have a relationship with... That's, and if people think you're crazy, that's okay. You're in good company. What did they think about Paul? They thought he was out of his mind. What did Jesus' own family think about him? Mark chapter 3, verse 21, they thought he was out of his mind. That's how passionate they were about the message they had to share. That's commitment, isn't it? That's what the Lord saved us for. That mission of calling people, ministering to people, so that they can know the love and forgiveness of Christ that we know. So the Lord saved us from the lost way we are going. The way that ultimately leads to death and separation from God. By faith in Christ, God takes us from that way that leads to death into fellowship with Him through His one and only Son. And there we find that we have so much that we have been saved for. Life has meaning. Life has purpose. We're saved for eternal life with Him. Stand firm. Even though we're wasting away, even though the enemies attack, even though people say we're out of our minds, stand firm because we have a lot to look forward to. Don't give up. Fight the good fight of faith. We're saved for being made like Him on this earth until we are with Him in heaven. Let Him have full control. Live for Him. And we're saved for a life of mission and purpose on this earth. To help others come to know the life that they can be saved from and the life they can be saved for. And Father, I do thank You. I thank You that before we were formed, You knew us. And Lord, that's just amazing to think. And thank you for each soul here this morning. And my prayer is, God, if there's someone who does not know you as their Savior and does not know that life, that, that, that life of being saved, uh, that they would confess their sin and ask for forgiveness and confess that they do believe that Jesus, you are the Son of God who died on a cross for our sins. And may they invite you, Jesus, into their heart and to their life to start today to follow in you. And Lord, as we follow, there's going to be times that are not easy. In fact, if things are easy, Lord, maybe we need to check our faith. Because we know that things weren't easy for the one we follow. And we want to be like you, Jesus. So help us in our walk. Give us the strength and the courage we need to, to be yours. 
to live by your values, to live out our faith. And Lord, I thank you for how when we live out our faith, people notice. They might say we're crazy, but Lord, I know that you'll prepare hearts for people to ask, ask us about the hope we have. And Lord, may we be prepared to do what we can to share Jesus, to share our story, to share how that's, that's the whole reason Jesus came, to save us from a life of death and to save us for a life of life. And Lord, I pray you bless each one of us. Bless the rest of this day as we rest in you. And, and Lord, bless the week ahead, wherever you may take us and whoever you may bring across our path. May we bring you glory in our walk, Lord. And I pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.